0: Just a few minutes we're going to be in the New Testament in the book of uh, or in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians if you want to turn there, give you a little bit of a head start if you didn't do Bible drills early on growing up, give you a chance to sort of maybe uh, find it in the in the front pages so you can see what page number it's on and nobody's looking you know what I'm saying, but that's all right, but we're going to be there in just a just a little bit. At the end of the service, Brian's already said it. We'll finish up our service here and then we'll have an opportunity to, to hear just from a few, a few minutes from one of our friends who is from overseas in, a, in an area doing work. And we'd love for you to be able to hear uh, from him today as he's visiting with us. But it's a privilege. While we're sitting here and while we're meeting, there are people all around the world that are worshiping Jesus in different areas, different cultures but with Jesus being the center of it all. And so uh, it's a pleasure to be able to have our friend with us this morning. We've been in a series called Life's Highway, and we have sort of likened life as a roadway. And on the roadway, if you don't pay attention to the signs, sometimes you can find yourself in an awful lot of trouble. Maybe it's a pothole. Maybe it's off in the ditch because you don't pay attention to the guardrails. And what we've said is that, Along life's highway, there are an awful lot of opportunities for us to make some really stupid choices and decisions. Agreeable? How many of us would raise our hands and say, upon life's highway, I've made some pretty dumb choices along the way from time to time? I'm looking to see. Raise them back up. Let me see who doesn't have their hand raised. (laughs) Aren't there some things in life that you could go back and have a do-over on? Some choices you'd made and you wish that you would have known. Which You wish that you would have paid attention to mama, right? We started out by looking at a passage of scripture and that Paul had talked to us to when he wrote to the church at Ephesus. And he wrote these words. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. That's what Paul had to say. We talked about a fool and what a fool is. A fool is one who has no regard for God and no regard for his word. It's important that we listen to those words. And that was how we began as we talked about setting up guardrails in our lives. And guardrails are not, our boundaries are not there uh, in the place of danger, but they're set back from that place of danger so we don't find ourselves in a place of difficulty or trouble, hardship. And we said the guardrails along, along the roadways are placed there to not only protect but also direct. And last week we talked about the issue of friendships and relationships. We came from the book of um, Proverbs where it said, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion a fool or an associate a fool suffers much harm. And right there we find inside of that passage, not only the promise, the promise that he who walks with the wise, if you hang out with smart people, wise people, hopefully some of that's going to rub off on you and you're going to be a little bit more wiser as you walk along life's journey. That's why I like to hang out with Randy. If I walk, hang out with Randy, I'm going to hopefully make better choices in life. If I hang out with, no, <laughs> the warning that Solomon said is, listen, a companion of fools, an associate of fools will suffer much harm. He didn't say that you'd be a fool, but he said that, listen, if you hang out with a fool long enough, it won't be long before you end up experiencing the complications of hanging out with a fool because behind a fool and his choices are always going to be consequences. And those consequences may not always be easy. And they may not always be simple. And see, some of us in this room have faced the consequences. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend, a neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker. Then other people in your life have faced the consequences because you're the one that's made the foolish choices, right? So we're going to talk about something today. It's probably just going to uh, be awful interesting because it's something that's very, very deadly, and yet we have a tendency to want to get so close to the edge. This is not something that we necessarily talked about when I was growing up in church. Matter of fact, it was avoided at all costs so many times. But I love this topic because I think it's really important for us to deal with it. And what happens when we cross the line as it relates to this issue There's an awful lot of stuff that we can carry around, and some of you know because you're still dealing with the consequences of this issue today in your life, and the consequences aren't something that we necessarily want to talk about, whether it be inside or outside of the church, but they're real. (laughs) With that being said, I want you to turn over to Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I'd like for us to to light down here for just a little bit. There's not going to be a a lot, but we're going to to take an awful lot from what Paul has to say in just a few words today. We're going to be there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. I'm going to finish up our conversation with this issue with giving you some things that I think maybe are important. Some of these are things that I've practiced in my life. Some of these are things that have been passed around in Christian circles for many, many years. But when we end up with these, some of you are going to go, that's the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard in my life. Not if you're serious about setting up some guardrails and boundaries in your life to help protect yourself. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, in reference to sexuality, that's what we're going to talk about today. This is what Paul had to say as he writes, run, underline that. You're, you, may have new li- you may have a New International Version and it may say flee, whatever it is. You, uh, you circle it, you underline it, you make some stars around it because that's a really important word. See what he says? run from sexual sin. Now, this is very interesting. He didn't say get as close as you can so that, so that you get burnt or so that you get hurt. He didn't say walk away. He didn't say hop, skip, and jump. But I don't think he could have been more clear than what it, this first word, Run. Run. And regardless if you agree or not, listen, for every husband in here, I promise you these, these are some words that you'd like for your wife to be able to memorize, right? Run. For every wife that's in this room, I promise you this is some words that you would love for your husband to be able to abide with. Run. For every parent, this is a word that you would love for your children to be able to adhere to. For you, for those of you that are not married, I promise this is something that you would pray for your future spouse. This is what you want for those that you care about, that you love. Run. And the reason we want them to run when it comes in reference to sexual sin is because we all know what's on the other side, right? Pain and suffering when we step over the line in sexuality. But let's be honest. When it comes to ourselves, How many times do we see how far we can go without getting hurt or how close we can get without getting burned? Now, some of the things that we're going to talk about today, I promise you, are going to be controversial, all right? And some of you are already nervous because I'm going to start calling some names in a few minutes. Did you hear what he said? You better get up and leave now. I'm going to say some pretty controversial things today, and that's okay. I'm going to try to go back to God's Word and let it be the source of our truth. But culture says, listen, man, there's no problem. Just live together. Try it out. Pornography, not an issue. Until somebody gets hurt. Adultery, not a big deal as long as no one finds out. Besides, God wants me to be happy. Teenagers, my kids, your kids, the kids at school, culture screams. Everybody else is doing it. Every day you're being baited and pressured to step over the line. And when you don't, you risk being made fun of or ridiculed. Amen? You know it's true. You know it's true. Girls, look at the clothing lines and the advertising that tries to capture your attention and control your decision making. Man, it's hard for a parent of a teenager to find a bathing suit these days, right? It's just better to maybe go just get a croaker sack and put it on. Why is it that bathing suits continue to cost more, but it's taking less to be able to make them with the less amount of fabric that they're using? Doesn't make any sense to me. And then, There's the added impressions and temptations, people, that we didn't have growing up. Internet pornography, real. Barna statistics tells us this, and these are the ones that are willing to to be honest. I say they're being honest. I want you to think about this. 77 percent, 8 out of 10 men in this room today, is what they tell us, professing believers, Those that say they're followers of Jesus look at pornography at least monthly. Just look at the person next to you. Uh Uh-oh. That gets scary, doesn't it? 36% view pornography on a daily basis. 32% admit being addicted to pornography and another 12% say they think they may be addicted to pornography. And again, these are the ones that are willing to tell the truth or say that they're telling the truth. But this is on the inside of the church. These are people that are, say that they are professing followers of Christ. Every time you pick up a magazine, flip on the TV, connect to the Internet, pick up your phone, there is the potential to be baited and drawn in. And ladies, don't you dare look at the men because the numbers that are with ladies are growing exponentially exponentially. The culture that we live in not only distorts God's view of sexuality and humanity but it continues to press in to make these distorted views more commonplace and natural. Think how our TV programs have changed over the years. Think of how the plots and the characters, the storylines have changed. Baby, it ain't Little House on the Prairie no longer. When you used to turn on the TV, you would see, hopefully, along with everything else, you would see some, some character. You would see some things that were positive, that represented biblical um, morals, morality. But now what do you see? Now, what are the TV programs and the stations, what do they stand for? And we wonder why certain lifestyles and actions are becoming more commonplace. Because things that used to be done in secret are not being done in secret any longer. It's for the world to see. And not only are these views and lifestyles accepted, but they are celebrated. Culture is the way it is, but as Christ followers, we've been called to be different, right? Right? To be in the world, yet not of the world. We're to be different. If you're a follower of Jesus today, would you just say this? God's called me to be different. different. Are you different? I mean, are we different? God's called us to be different. Not only to be different, but to recognize that we were created in God's image. Created for a purpose, for reflecting and displaying His majesty and goodness to the broken and lost world in which we live. But instead of impacting the world, how many of us are feeding in and buying into the lies that Satan feeds us? Culture is not going to change. It is what it is. The world is the way it is. But as Christ followers, we have been called to set up boundaries and guardrails in our lives as it relates to sexuality. That will one day keep us from looking back with regrets. Paul goes on, run from sexual immorality, and then he says, no other sin so clearly affects the body as this one. Listen, there are different types of sin, but they all have the same consequence, separation from God. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Did you realize that, you, that, you, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and who was given to you by God? We can put so much emphasis on these buildings made by human hands. But that should not be our emphasis. Paul says, listen, if you want to see a temple, look in the mirror. Because the Scripture teaches us that when we come to accept the invitation to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in to reside within inside of this body, which means that we are his temple. And Paul goes on to say, listen, you do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. Christ died for your sin, No longer are we to be slaves to that sin. And the implication is that when Christ came into the world, man, listen, we were purchased. Paul said it this way in the book of Romans when he wrote to the believers there, as Christ's followers, we're no longer slaves to sin, but our body is now under a new authority, a new master. We got a new king that sits on the throne of our lives, and things are different and he says, your, your, your life is not your own, but you've been purchased with the power of, through from the power of sin. And so here's the application live, live. And as you live and as you walk along the highway, honor God with our bodies. And the context within this whole passage runs, it deals with the issue of running from sexual immorality. And so you've got this application of honoring God with our, with our bodies. And it's more, though, than sexual immorality because we were created in his image to bring him glory for display for all the world to be able to see and bring be an attraction to others as we represent our savior Jesus Christ to bring him glory and if we want and if that's our desire to honor the king there's some really serious things that we must do when it comes to sexual immorality And, and Paul sets it off by saying man listen run from it don't be attracted to it but run from it. Get away from it. Because, listen, it's so easy to get to close, so close to the edge. When we get close to the edge, every one of us know we're one step away from stupid. How many of us look back wishing we would have? So before we get into a few things today, it's just a couple of thoughts for you that I think would be helpful. First and foremost, one of the decisions that we have to solidify is our desire to honor God with our bodies, especially as it relates to sexuality. So if you're here today and you're saying, listen, I'm a child of the King and I'm different and I want to live for Jesus and I want to honor God with my body as it relates to sexuality. Here's some thoughts. I'm going to give them to you. And again, like I said earlier, some of you guys are going to go, man, that's the dumbest thing I think I've ever, where did he come up with something crazy like that? If we want to honor the Lord, if we're serious about honoring God, here's some things that you might want to take a look at. And Here's the second thought, because I know you, and you're probably like me, and there's probably some areas of your life that you've ignored what the Scripture has to say, and you've lived really close to the edge, and there may have been a time in your life when you crossed over, and you've ran through the guardrail into the danger zone, and not only ended up in the ditch, But you were hurt, and you were wounded, and you were scarred. And it could have been the result of an affair. It could have been a life of secrecy that is now open for the world to be able to see your life. Broken relationships. And if that's you today, I don't want you to run from God, but I want you to run to him. I don't want you to look back on the past and try to make excuses. The only thing I want you to do is to say, man, I was an idiot. Just own up. Just own up. If there's some areas of your life that you've blown it, that you know that you've blown it, you don't have to run from it. You don't have to make excuses for it. You just have to own up and say, man, listen, I was an idiot. Jesus, I need you. Cry out to God and ask him for help. The great thing is that there is an opportunity today for every teenager that's never crossed that line. Today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make some decisions that will change your life forever. That you'll never have to look back. But here's some things that we're going to talk about that I promise you that if you'll step out and if you'll be bold and if you'll be courageous in your walk with Jesus, these guardrails and boundaries. These are some things that you'll never, ever look back and say, man, I never wish I would have done that. Never wish. I'm going to give you some things that I've practiced in my life, as well as some things that, again, I said earlier that have been given around in circles, been passed around for many, many years. And some of you are going to say, man, that is impossible. No, it's not impossible. Not impossible. So, two different sets. For those of you that are married, I'm going to start out with you and then we'll go to those that are single today. Is that okay? So those of you that are married, how many of you are married? Raise your hand. This applies to you. Are you ready? Here we go. Write these down. Number one. You ready? Being alone with a person of the opposite sex is off limits. Write it down. You're married. Being alone with a person of the opposite sex is off limits beside your spouse. Write that in there. Come on, people. Help me out here, okay? I know the pushback is, well, there's not a thing wrong with that. I didn't say what was legal and what was not legal. Or What I'm saying is what's wise versus what's not wise. Okay. How many affairs have happened over an innocent lunch? How many affairs have happened on the drive to work, out of on an out of town out of town work related trip? See, I know what the culture has to say. Man, that's that's crazy. That's ridiculous. But wake up. This is what I'll tell you. Culture's not thinking about why. Culture's thinking whether or not it's acceptable. Culture isn't concerned about your family. It's not concerned about your marriage. It isn't interested in your reputation, whether or not you have to, if you get hurt, or the consequences to those issues. True? It's not. But I'm saying, if you're really serious about honoring God, this is what you do. Don't be alone as a married person with another person of the opposite sex. It's off-limits. It's a guardrail that people who are serious, that they want to set up within their lives because they know the potential of failure in this area. Because there are those moments and times when I, I met her at work and, man, she just made me feel so good. You know, my wife, she doesn't ever listen to me. Wasn't getting it at the house. I think God must have just wanted me to meet her because he likes for me to be happy. You know what I feel about that. God isn't concerned with your happiness. He's concerned with your holiness. Paul, when he was writing to the church at Thessalonica, would say this, God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And so this is something that's really simple. Just decide. Make a decision up front. Just do it. Don't be alone with another person outside of your marriage, of a person with the opposite sex. Don't travel alone. Don't eat alone. I know The culture says it's okay. I'm not telling you the difference between what's right or wrong in culture. I'm just saying, listen, if you're serious about this thing, if you want to be wise, I know it's tough. You may remember some of the stories of our vice president, Mike Pence, being ridiculed for making such a stand. Billy Graham. But I also know some pastors and leaders who've not been wise in that area. There are consequences. And I know it's awkward. And I know you may think, well, that's just mean. No. It's about being wise. And I want you to protect yourself. And I don't want you just to protect yourself. I want you to protect your spouse. I want you to protect your children. Because it's not, it's it's a wise choice. Number two. Don't counsel or confide in members of the opposite sex outside of your marriage. Don't do it. Don't fall for the line, no one understands me like you do. See, if you're watching this from the sidelines, you could go, man, you better watch that girl. You better watch him because you could see it. And you might say, well, that's just not very compassionate. Yeah, it is, especially towards your spouse especially towards your children. Just don't do it. There's a dangerous line that can be crossed and how many times have I seen it crossed with people? And I am so sensitive to this because of the number of pastors that I know and counselors that I know that that have messed it up in this area. And they've not only messed up their marriages, they've messed up their reputation. And again, it's not about being right. It's not about being culturally acceptable, but it comes back to being wise And Satan, he's always looking for a way. And the only thing that he needs is a very, very small opening. You want a bear story? I'll give you a bear story. Some of you may remember several years ago, man, I heard uh, it just was a mess outside in the middle of the night. And the bear had gotten into some of the bees. And I mean, they were just all over the place. And it wasn't the bear's fault. It was my fault because I didn't have some electric lines around the beehives. I had just been sort of putting off, putting off. I mean, if, if you put off something and, and something happened, you go, I shouldn't have put it off. So the next day I, I grabbed Caleb and I said, we gotta put up some electric lines. And so we, we put up an electric fence around the beehives and, and uh, I thought, well, that's it. We're done and we're over with it. That night, man, there was another commotion Hollering and just all kinds of stuff going on outside and the bear. He had gotten into the electric fence and I thought I fixed him good. Next morning I got up and he had been back in the beehives again. And I thought how in the world, you know, how did that happen? I mean, the fence was still intact. And after all that commotion and stuff, I went outside and everything was still intact. So I'm thinking, how in the world did he get in with the electric fence? I, you know, I know the electric fence was on. I'm not going to tell you how I know it was on, but it was on. <laughs> and there was about 18 inches that I had left on the corner that went around because that's where the fig tree was. And I thought to myself, there's no way he can get in a small hole like that. So I just, I left it open. But that crazy bear went all the way around because he, he knew exactly. And he walked around, he had to walk around that fence until he found a spot to get in. And you know, that's exactly what Satan wants to do with every one of us that are followers of Jesus. Man, he looks for that opening. He looks for that place because he wants to destroy us. You know what I did? Shored up that 18 inches. That's what I did. Bear didn't get back in. Not again. So if you're really serious about making some decisions to shore up your life, you got to close up those 18 inches. See, the devil not only wants to ruin your reputation, but he wants to ruin your life because he knows that you are a reflection of God's greatness. It may not be the area of sexuality, it may be another area, but that's what he wants to do and he looks for that opening. Number three, when you feel your heart or desires drifting towards a specific person of the opposite sex, thats not your married partner. You need to tell somebody. As my friend Dwight would say, you better check yourself. You need to get with somebody you need to talk to them and tell them what's going on. When you're wanting to spend time, you're wanting to be around another person, you're, you're wanting to be attached to, you're thinking about this specific man or you're thinking about this specific woman, you need to sit down with another person, a pastor, a friend of the same sex, and you need to say, listen, man, I need a safe place to talk about what's going on. And you need to be honest. The devil loves the place of secrecy. He loves darkness. Now, I mean, you guys, why are you all so quiet for To say, man, listen, I got this person at work that I always seem to be running into, and to be honest, man, I enjoy talking to them. I enjoy spending time with them, and I know what you're thinking. Man, you're crazy. No, no. Why in the world would I say something like that? Because I know it's important. Scripture says this in John chapter 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you in truth. And listen, if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, He will tell you. And man, the bells and whistles will go off in your head. Something's wrong. Whoop, 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 beep, beep. Back the truck up, baby. Something's the way it's not should be. You, maybe you've had that opportunity. Maybe you, you've had that experience before where, where all of a sudden you know. You know. Because if you know the Word and you're walking in the Spirit and if He lives with inside of you, you know. Just whether or not you want to succumb to that. And it's not only a safety net for your marriage, but it's also a trust builder. What about the numbers of marriages where there is an issue of trust? That trust has been broken. See, I know what it's like to never have to worry about a spouse, I've been blessed with that. My heart hurts because there's some of you that don't know what that's like. That's hard. It's got to be difficult. <laughs> Many years ago, I was at a conference. Didn't have any transportation. And uh, I was at this place, and and we, we dismissed, and it was... Uh, we went to lunch, we were going to lunch and everybody was gonna to ride together and I had to go to the bathroom, okay? When I mean, you gotta go to the bathroom, you just gotta go to the bathroom. So I ran in to go to the bathroom and when I came out, there was one woman that was standing there and, she, and I said, where's everybody at? And she said, oh, we were supposed to meet them there and I thought to myself, you gotta be kidding me. I'm in a pickle, what am I gonna do? She was the only ride I had. I got on the phone I'm talking to Meredith, I say, hey baby, just stay on the phone. I'll tell you what's going on later, but I need you to stay on the phone with me for a while and just talk to me. <laughs> She's like, what in the world? I'll explain it later, just just keep talking to me. Just keep, t- I didn't do a thing wrong. That person didn't do a thing wrong, but it was the bells and whistles. Man, I'd like to say that, you know, I mean, I could, I could say a lot of other things, but." It was just the bells and whistles, and I was like, man, listen, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. And some of you are probably, again, you're thinking, that's crazy. And it's okay if you think I'm crazy. See, your intentions may be right, but the other person's may not be. That's a good thing to say. See, see, your intentions may be right, but the other person's intentions may not be right. What about single? Single? So let's say that you're here today, you're single, you're a teenager. This is what I want to say up front. Number one, apply the married people's guidelines in your relationship with married people. Okay? Just write that down. In other words, treat the married person like you would want somebody to treat your spouse. Decide now not to put yourself in a position to have lunch, coffee uh, with another person who is married. Just don't do it. Don't put them in that type of a position. Number two, don't confide or counsel married people of the opposite sex. Some of you might say, man, this is a struggle. And I know that there are tons of ways that you'll justify it and feel that God has put you in their life to save them because nobody understands them like you understand them. But there's that moment when you feel so valued, when you are the only one that can help them, and you will find yourself in trouble. Be careful. Number three, This speaks for itself, but I promise you, you'll have some excuses for this one. No sleepovers. No sleepovers. Go ahead and laugh about it. Get it over with. Yeah. No sleepovers. Just decide now. My boyfriend will not spend the night at my apartment. No exceptions. My girlfriend will not spend the night in my apartment. Nothing. Oh, it's just not going to happen. We're not going to go there. Just don't do it. See, I know your thoughts, though, because it was so late, Pastor Sid, and, 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 uh, and their car broke down. I was so afraid that she wouldn't get home safe. Well, just drive her home then, okay? Uh, she didn't have much gas, and the gas station was closed. So give her your car to drive then. But she was drunk. He was drunk. Well, then you got a whole other set of problems. Is it a sin? No, it's not a sin. But we're not talking about living so close to the edge because if you want to talk about living close to the edge, man, this isn't, this is like right there, right there, right there. And you know what's next. And not only is it living close to the edge, but it is also a poor representation of our Heavenly Father whose image we are supposed to bear to the world. And the point of the guardrail or boundary was never to destroy, but it was to keep us from being destroyed or destroying other people. Fourthly, you can write this down. If you're single, some of you might just need to find yourselves or take a relationship break. You're spending so much earthly time focusing on earthly relationships. Some of you just might need to fall in love with Jesus. Teenagers, teenagers. Instead of trying to find that man or find that woman, fall in love with Jesus. Make him the center of your calendar. Make him the center of your attention. Give God time to renew your heart and your mind. Seek wisdom and direction as you move ahead. And these aren't extreme. These aren't extreme. These are just wise But this is what I know is that you'll never look back and say, I wish that there weren't so many people that I had to dodge in public places because of my foolish decisions as it relates to sexuality. How many of us have stories that that one day we, we hope and that we pray nobody finds out about? See, because when you make some wise choices in these areas, you'll never have to worry about telling stories to your kids, but how many of us have stories to our kids, have stories that we can share with our kids that, man, just make us cringe because we've not followed some things such as this? These are the kind of choices we will make if we desire to flee sexual immorality and give God the glory. You know, as a parent, what do you want for your kids? I want my kids not to have to make some of the bad choices that I made. Hello? I don't want them to have to go through some of the the things that I had to go through because I know that there are some consequences to doing things you shouldn't do. Instead of fleeing from sexual immorality, running towards sexual immorality. See, no one ever challenged me in that area when I was growing up Nobody ever sat down with me and talked to me about some guidelines or some, some boundaries. This wasn't stuff that we necessarily talked about. So I don't mind talking about it. I don't mind having a conversation with you because I think they're very important. And as a result, even though I was a believer, even though I wanted to make wise choices, there were times that I failed. That's just the truth. See, I put my pants on every day just like you do. But there are some areas that I didn't make wise choices when I was growing up. And I can talk to you about these things. But see, I know some of you because I can call you out and I can, I can point you out and I can, I can hear your story because you, some of you have already shared your story with me. Some of you have already went to the depths of talking to me about where you've been and the pain and the suffering that you have went through. The guilt and the shame as a result. And Paul says here, he says, listen, and if there's anything that you hear, hear this, run. Run. Run from sexual immorality and don't look back. Honor. Honor God with our bodies. Honor Him in our relationships. Sex was God's idea. Not ours. And with everything, he has a plan. He created it. It was his idea. And when we learn to honor God with our bodies, there is a reward that God will honor us with relationships of intimacy. But for that to happen, we've got to set up some guardrails. Just whether or not we're willing to take that step. To take that step. I'd love to pray with you today. Would you bow your heads? I know (laughs) with your heads being bowed that there's a lot of emotions about what's being said. There are some of you right now that are here that are doing everything you can to try to defend your actions There are some of you here that are trying to figure out ways to go around what's been said. But here's here's my prayer for you, for all of us. Lord, just give us wisdom to know what to do with what we've heard, with what Paul had to say. For the teenager that's here, and you're, you're in this room today, you're listening online, for that single person, give insight for guardrails. That they can set them up in their lives that will protect them from getting so close to the edge and, and give them the courage to ask forgiveness if there is a sin that's been committed or a wrong that's been committed. For those of us here that are married or, um, and struggling with internet or even not even married, struggling with pornography and the internet, Holy Spirit, what I just ask today is that you would prompt, you would prompt whatever person it may be to say no more. I'm not gonna go another day without acknowledging the obvious and taking courage to establish some boundaries in these areas. Maybe today there's you're here and maybe there's something you need to share with your spouse. Maybe there's something you need to share with, with, with another counselor or, or one of our overseers. Maybe there's you're here today and there's an issue of your life that you've just man, you've you've ran off course. And you need somebody to, to walk alongside of you. That may be you today. There might need to be some conversations that are, that are had as a result of what we've talked about and just asking the Holy Spirit to be present in your life. But this is what I know. I know this without a shadow of a doubt that we live in a broken world. And that brokenness effects. It's called sin. But God so loved the world, knowing that the world could not save itself, sin His one and only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who would die for us. And he was crucified, he was buried in a tomb, and he was resurrected on the third day. And that same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead same power that made the blind man to see and the lame man to walk is the same power that you have access, that I have access to live for Jesus. That I don't have to no longer be slaves to sin, but to recognize that I'm a child of God. So if you're here today and this speaks to you, what is it that it speaks to you about in reference? Is there an area that you need to set up some boundaries? Is there somebody that you need to talk to? We're not talking about what's right and wrong. We're talking about what's wise. Because I don't want to have to one day look back, but I want to try to set myself up so that I flee from sexual immorality because I was created in God's image, and I want to represent the king to the best of my ability. Father, this is what I pray today, that in our time that we take what you've spoken and, Father, that we would implement those areas um, into into our lives. For those that are for dealing with the brokenness of of sinful uh, mistakes that we've made in the area of sexual immorality, God, I pray that we'd be willing to confess those to go to you and to ask you to forgive us. Father, for the person that's here today that doesn't know Jesus, even today, That they may say, Jesus, I don't understand everything, but this is what I know. My life is a mess. I want to humble myself. I want to cry out to you, and I want you to save me. I want you to save me. Father, thank you for hearing us today. In your name we pray. Amen. As we close out uh, our internet time, we got just a few minutes. And let me just say this to you. If you're here today and you're wrestling, and man, there's some issues that you're dealing with in the area of sexual sin, there are some things that we can handle as staff, and then there are some things that we can handle that go much deeper from where our training is. But I've got friends in high places. And if that's you, and you're dealing with some areas in you, Man, you've just been holding on to some stuff. I want you to know that I've got some friends that I know that you can talk to that are professionals. And they would love to sit down and be able to talk with you and walk with you through some areas that would be very, very helpful. Um, I pray that we as a congregation that there may be some of those things that we would put into practice in our lives. I understand in the business world, I know exactly what goes on. I know exactly the comments. I'm just saying... What's right and wrong? I'm saying what's wise. You know, it may cost you some business. It may cost you your marriage if you don't.